my wonderful friends. Welcome to Faith FM Drive Time. Welcome to Big Q&A. This is the show where we respond to difficult questions concerning God and faith, contemporary religion and the Bible. This is the show where we look at world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. I'm Pastor Gary, a minister to the Brighton Seventh-day Adventist Church in the beautiful city of Adelaide. It's really wonderful to be able to share with you once again. This week we're looking at Christmas in a post-Christmas world. And the big question for today, is Jesus better than Santa? Today our co-host is Eric Hoare, and Eric's the part-time pastor of the Adelaide Aboriginals Seventh-day Adventist Church. Welcome to you, Eric. Yeah, great to be back here, Gary. Not long till Christmas. It is not long at all. The countdown is really on. A couple of days, and uh, and uh, we're all got it all together. It's surprising, you know, how many people are um, in the shopping malls. I was out there just the other day finishing up my Christmas shopping, and the lack of masks. I was really surprised. I thought, you know, and even I even. Saw saw a sign down there, tree, Tea Tree Gully, which said, make sure you wear your mask. But there's, you know, not many in there. Yeah. Surprise yeah. me. No, that is that's actually quite surprising. Tell me, Eric, how are you celebrating Christmas this year? Well, every every year for Christmas, uh, our family gets together. Um, last year, we were down at my, at my daughter's place, Suzanne, down near Victor Harbour, Lower Inman Valley. Beautiful down there, a bit cooler yeah. on Christmas Day. Yeah. Lovely. Yeah. This year, so we go around, uh, you know, different uh, family each year. And so this year, it'll be at Two Wells. My son, Darren, has built a new house out there, and he's we helped him lay the lawn the other week. I think I mentioned <laughs> that. And uh, <laughs> that took a while to get over. But uh, we're having the whole family. Family there, and oh, it's fantastic! Just getting together—that's what we do on Christmas. We just get together for lunch, and the whole day is spent there, yeah. right through to tea yeah. time. Yeah. Now, Christmas in Oz, to me, I think is something really beautiful. I've, I've got a, every now and then I hear in the in the uh, in the shops this uh, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer and the uh, the White Christmas and uh, uh, and these type of songs. I've got to admit, I've I've never actually had a cold Christmas. My Christmases have always been uh, on the beach. Uh, they've always been. And near a barbecue. Uh, I, I love. Christmas in Oz, I reckon it's really something. Yeah, well, I've had quite a few in New Zealand, and uh, it is quite cold sometimes <laughs> on Christmas Day in New Zealand. I agree with you. I love the warmth. I love being outside rather than cooped up inside, especially with yeah. all the children and grandchildren. Um, but I have just finished my Christmas shopping. Um, what we've done differently for the last few years is because we've got a number of grandchildren now, getting up towards nine, um, <clears throat> we just buy for the, the children and the grandchildren. Uh, I okay. buy for my my wife and so all our family buy for their partners but we don't buy for my like my sons and my daughter I just buy for the grannies it's interesting you actually say that because this year for the first time our family actually took a a little bit of a a vote just a, just a matter of a, a month or two two back and we said that we were going to do secret Santas and we actually one family get together we came together we we chose a, a name we're all going to buy for that particular individual but we're not going to buy for everybody else just a, just in an effort to reduce the commercialization of the whole Christmas period. Well, what we did was we've limited the amount per child. So, you know, we set a dollar figure, uh, not very high, and yeah. uh, that way it just keeps it nice and, you know, everybody sort of, all the children get the same value and it keeps it down a bit, which is yeah, great. Yeah, yeah. Um, but one of the traditions we do is uh, too, uh, uh, other than that, well, uh, <clears throat> we always done it this way. In fact, um, uh, when the children are very young, we've still held it, and that is that uh, on Christmas Day, 
Uh, the children get up early. They don't open their presents until the whole family's arrived just before lunchtime. Yeah. Visitors yeah. come so that they wait in. They learn patience. That must be agony for those kids. <laughs> <laughs> that must be agony <laughs> for your poor kids. <laughs> well, uh, it teaches them patience. And then when they're waiting to see when they come in and finally when they're all there, usually I put on the Santa hat and we just have our opening there and and we all sit and watch each one so we uh, like I read out who's it to and who it's from and they open it so we all get to see the joy of that child getting something yeah 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 and no it's, it's, it's a wonderful thing when you do actually do that I mean I can well remember when I was growing up uh, uh, my uh, my family I can get, remember getting up I think about four o'clock in the morning because I knew mum and dad had been had gone to bed that meant that the Christmas presents were under the tree and uh, I can remember being up before daylight to actually uh, raid the uh, raid the presence but i really like uh what you're actually doing there i think it really says something it actually creates family doesn't it yeah well same like you gary i mean you know we always had to wait and that when um and even myself you know you're waiting for somebody to come but the one thing i remember was i as a little boy uh i was so excited about christmas i slept in the lounge where the christmas tree was i was going to get watched (laughs) but i fell asleep uh, and then about, uh, just after midnight, I heard somebody coming in. So I pretended to be asleep. It was my dad coming in with my, a brand new bike, my first bike. And in those days back then, bikes were precious. Yeah. Today, yeah. I don't know. It doesn't seem to be the great thing with bikes. Yeah. But it was precious. So I just pretend to be asleep. He well, it was one bike. Christmas I actually got my first pocket knife. And I can, I can well remember how much I wanted a pocket knife. That was the, the, the one item that to me would have made and I, I received it for Christmas, and to me, I, I actually treasured that uh, that pocket knife for for so many years. It wasn't an expensive pocket knife, but it was certainly something that uh, in those days uh, a young boy could actually put in their pocket, carry around, mm. and uh, nobody actually thought twice about uh, about having that. But yeah. look, Eric, one of the things I'd just like to chat about mm. is uh, some of the Christmas traditions for Christian families. You know, how what sort of traditions could we bring into our uh, into our Christmas celebrations that would actually promote the the spiritual element of the Christmas season. Now, just uh, recently, I picked up a uh, uh, an article. It was uh, entitled "10 Good uh, Christmas Traditions for Christian Families," and uh, these were some of the suggestions that individuals had written in and and suggested to the author. And they suggested uh, something like this: uh, reading the Christmas story. One of the traditions I started, this author says, with my children was reading Luke 2, 1 to 20 on Christmas morning. So uh, before they actually opened their presents, they actually read a portion from the scriptures mm. as to actually emphasize that, hey, there was actually a reason uh, behind the Christmas season that was actually a, 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 a spiritually based reason. Mm. Um, Somebody, uh, somebody else said this that they um, uh, they felt it was actually important that where possible to actually uh, go to a church service on Christmas morning. How do you how do you feel about this, uh, this Eric? Because I mean, we acknowledge that you know Christmas Day, you know, there's no biblical basis for Christmas within the scriptures. I think I think these ideas are really good. Um, I've never really thought about reading out uh, Luke two one to twenty before we opened our presents, and maybe I'll start doing that now. Mm-hmm. But I think it's really important because these days, you know, um, a lot of the um, nativity scenes aren't there anymore. 
yeah. when you go down the street yeah. or even the carols that are played now uh, tend not to be more focused on Christ but just on, you know, Christmas. So the more we can do that to make it more important. In fact, the other day, I was, uh, for the first time, we, my wife's been on me putting out a few lights, so I did, but I was hunting around for a little nat- nativity scenes. You know, you can get your little uh, uh, deers and you, you get your little uh, uh, part, you know, Santa Claus mm-hmm. that all light up with solar. I was looking for solar, uh, but I couldn't find hardly any on the nativity yeah, scene yeah. In, in that area. So the more we can, um, especially family too, you know, especially children growing up to understand that it's not the presence that the whole thing's about. It's just yeah. actually recognizing about yeah. Christ. Yeah, mm. yeah. I, I really appreciate this list because yeah. the, the emphasis here was certainly that. Yes, within Scripture, there's no biblical injunction, but there are so many who have got, who are thinking at this particular time of the year, and certainly to be able to promote spiritual thinking is actually so important. Somebody else said this, a Christmas caroling, a caroling with friends or church group is a great way to spend uh, the evenings leading up to Christmas Day. Now, of course, this is something that we don't do very much these days, except Except that most people go to carols by candlelight, you know. Mm. And, and to me, one of the things that I suppose I I really miss in carols by candlelight is the opportunity to be able to actually sing and express myself. So often, it's actually become an entertainment venue rather than being a a worshipful venue. You know, the types of carols that I really appreciate is when we have a, a church or an organisation put on a carols program that is actually got. Um, a worshipful environment. They tend to use more of the Christmas carols mm. and allow people to become involved. To me, how do you find it? Yeah. Well, I, I can remember, you know, in the shopping centres, they used to have a church group come and sing carols. You know, yeah. and people would stop and listen. And so they'd yeah. hear Christian carols. Back in my day, I don't know if you had it over here in Australia, but the Salvation Army used to have a little truck that came down the end of the street <laughs> and they'd all have the band there and they'd actually play the Christian I actually remembered that back in the 1970s, actually. When I, I mean, this starts to date me, doesn't it? But back in Sydney, there where I, where I grew up, this is the western suburbs of Sydney, you know, between Parramatta and Blacktown. And good day to all our good mates over there in, uh, in Sydney. Um, we used to have the salvos. They would actually come marching up and down the streets. And what we had was that, you know, everyone would hear them coming. They'd come out for just 10 minutes, perhaps, while the Salvos did their thing. Everyone would actually talk to each other, um, and the Salvos would actually move on. But it was a little bit of uh, community yeah. that was actually, you know, that is something that you know I I still remember. And we're now talking, you know, close on sixty years. Um, well, with ago. all this hustle and bustle and that, you know, those sort of things do stick in your mind, you know, and it just brings a bit of peace. And as you say, community into it. I think it's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I you know, at Christmas time, another suggestion that came through somebody said um, most people participate in the tradition of giving gifts as a special event uh, why not consider giving a gift to a needy family or organization each year you know if you involve your children actually in the discussion of who can we actually give something to you know I I, I think of the number of appeals that are actually coming through this this year and okay they're coming through for a reason uh, but you know to be able to talk to my children and say hey look you know we'd like to be able to give maybe the value of one present uh, to a, you know, I, I mean, I think Adra does a marvellous, uh, a really marvellous job. So little
little of their money actually goes to administrative expense. And they're an organisation that I look at and I say, hey, you know, is it possible for us to give the value of one present mm. maybe to an organisation like that? Is that the sort of thing that, you know, yeah. I mean, how do you feel that would work? Yeah, I know. I know of couples who do that. They um, they get together and they decide where they're going to put it. And uh, instead of giving presents to each other, they present it that way. And I think that's great to give it to the need. I think it's um, it's it's more about giving than receiving. Christmas, yeah. that's what I see it as now. My, as a little boy, you know, every day before Christmas seemed like a year when you're counting down. Yeah. But when you get older, it's actually the giving that you get the joy out of seeing the pleasure on a child's face or whatever. So this giving to outside of the family, it would, it would also teach uh, the, the family so many good morals and basic things. You know, I think that's excellent. And see, what this, this is actually doing too is decreasing the emphasis on the commercialization of Christmas. Because, you know, to me, as I look at as I go into my shopping centres um, over the past few days, hey, I'm, you know, it's claustrophobic in uh, in many ways. What worries me, Pastor Gary, is this time of year, it's, it's, it's a, a nice time of year which brings families together, but after Christmas when people in Australia run up huge debt on their credit cards because they overspend on presents, then the yeah. pain hits later. Yeah. That shouldn't be what it's about. It, you know, a bag of marbles in my day kept me happy. Yeah. These days, it's, you know, so it's that, um, it's the giving and, and the right reasons, but then you get pain later, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So some of the other suggestions here, you know, a church Christmas play, you know, I think of, uh, mm. uh, for, for many years we've uh, certainly run a program called Road to Bethlehem. Now, it's not going to be run this year because of the COVID uh, situation, uh, but, you know, Road to Bethlehem is where people have been acting out uh, the story of Bethlehem. And in, over a period of about an hour or so, a families are able to... To walk through, I know, I know my own brother in uh, in Melbourne uh, uh, goes in this uh, this particular play. Uh, he functions as a as a tax collector. He dresses up as a Roman soldier. Uh, my, my brother suits this rather well, actually. And uh, you know, I mean, tax collector. Of course, you know, I mean, seeing if he wants to give a donation. But uh, you know, to me, as I as I look at this, I say, hey, you know, this is this is really uh, really something that promotes. A spiritual aspect to the season mm. and demotes the commercialized aspect of the season. Mm, that's right. Yeah, yep. yeah. Um, I love uh, uh, one of the things that we love doing is, you know, I mean, certainly spending some time in uh, uh, in family projects. One of our uh, uh, projects is actually going out cherry picking uh, for many oh, years. Yeah. Our, our family has uh, uh, we're finding it harder and harder to actually find a cherry orchard. But certainly, when our kids were were growing up, every single year the tradition and they, our young people still actually uh, talk about this because. Uh, uh, for, for many years there, uh, every Christmas season we'd go and uh, just simply um, uh, pick the the cherry orchards, and uh, uh, that was a was part of the Christmas season. Uh, I know myself. I mean, I actually um, bake uh, my mother's uh, um, fruit cake. Uh, this is this is something that Mum used to always every single year. Um, she would make a Christmas pudding, you know. Now, okay, people don't eat Christmas crate and Christmas pudding. That's because they haven't actually uh, tasted my Mum's recipe. <laughs> if they tasted my Mum's recipe, they'd be back into You've it got again. A talent, uh. but you know, all my family they know that at Christmas time um, I'm going to be baking, and I've already taken my orders from my family. And I said, okay, mm. how many of you guys would you know? And they've all put their put their orders in. 
and uh, uh, but it's become part. It's made uh, it's decreasing the commercialization and increasing the relational and the spiritual aspects of the season. And I think this is just so important. Yeah, I think you know, uh, like we know that Christ uh, wasn't born at this time of the year. Yeah, but I think what I look at is is bringing the families together and. Even um, out of some of the people I study with um, that don't come from a Christian background, the importance of family means so much to them. Yeah. And it's just that gathering together, uh, which is, is much important. So that's why I think this time of the year is good when for, for a time they can just put everything aside. And it's sad when somebody isn't talking to somebody else in the family. You know, time's short. Get together. Get yeah. your family together yeah. and spend yeah. it together. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know, Eric, one of the things that I suppose that I know some people struggle with is, hey, Christmas is not within the Scriptures. And that's true. It's not. Mm. Uh, that's that's certainly very true. But, you know, one of the things I'm so conscious of is that the majority of the community at this particular time of the year is actually open to looking at mm. uh, spiritual things, I suggest. And, you know, to me, uh, as Christian people, as a pastor, I'm happy uh, to uh, to to provide something that so many are lacking for most of the year. And I love seeing it, the, you know, on television you see the carols by candlelight and they have a big one and then they bring out a Christian song, a Christian hymn yeah. and you see all the people out there singing together. Yeah. That to me is beautiful under the, with the candles, you know, yeah. and yeah. it's and it's it's an involvement. It's not just Christian and non-Christian. We're all together as one. Singing. That's certainly we, something we can do. We are blessed here in Oz, you know. It's yeah. not so cold that we can't, you know, we can go out. Okay, COVID's a bit of a problem this year, but, you know, to be able to gather together, to be able to have carols. I mean, uh, in more recent years, I, I know I've just watched carols on um, on telly, but, you know, it's been one of those traditions that for many years I've really appreciated. And I, I find it's particularly when I can find a carols program that is uh, put on by a by a church or a, a religious organization where the where the, the the story of Christmas is actually emphasized to me I find that really does something incredibly positive it sends a message that I don't think anything else can actually share no and in this time of the year it's it gives us that opportunity to do that isn't it to come together as one and just for that brief time just to stop and pause and reflect. And uh, I think today, especially with COVID, I heard today that even some of the Aboriginal people talking that a lot of people are searching now for Christ. Yeah. I think this is a great opportunity. Yeah, yeah. You might raise an important point, Eric. Mm. That is so vital, what you've just said. Mm. Look, let's come to some, uh, some music. This is Celtic Woman. Oh, come, all ye faithful.
a Celtic woman. Oh, come, all you faithful. What a beautiful rendition uh, that uh, that song is. Um, today we've got uh, uh, some free, a free giveaway. It's Christmas. We've got a, a book for you. This is a real beauty. It's called Discover Jesus. Stories of his life, his teachings, and his first followers. This uh, this book can come straight to you. Uh, just uh, just text it through uh, to our studio phone here. That's 0438 0438 0665 Just give us your name and your address and request stories of his life, his teachings and his first followers. Just request stories of his life and we'll forward you uh, that uh, that book. It's a real beauty for this time of the year. You're listening to Faith FM Drive Time, big Q&A with uh, Pastor Gary. Our co-host today is Eric Hoare, and Eric's the part-time pastor of the Adelaide Aboriginal Seventh-day Adventist Church. And this week we're looking at a Christmas in a post-Christian world. And the big question for today, is Jesus better than Santa, you know, it's a. It was an interesting uh, uh, list that uh, I stumbled upon uh, some some time ago. They were ninety nine facts, essential facts about Christmas that you may not know, and uh, some of them really jumped out at me. Uh, did you know that the image of Santa Claus flying his sleigh actually began in eighteen nineteen? and was created in America by Washington Irving. The Montgomery Ward department store created Rudolph the Reindeer, the reindeer as a marketing gimmick to encourage children to buy Christmas coloring books. <laughs> that must be one of the most successful marketing campaigns that we've, that we've ever, that we've ever had, you know. Here at, at department stores creates a reindeer, creates Rudolph and, uh, to encourage children to buy Christmas coloring books. And the story is still uh, going on 150 years later. In 1914, during World War I, there's a now famous Christmas truce in the trenches between the British and the Germans. They exchanged gifts across a neutral no-man's land. They played football together and they decorated their shelters. It's in the book, Silent Night, the story of World War I Christmas truce. What an amazing story that really is. Uh, Paul McCartney's. A Christmas song is widely regarded as the worst of all the songs he ever recorded, yet most people don't realise that he's still able to earn $400,000 a year off it. Apparently Christmas is big business. I love um, I love this one. Uh, this one concerns uh, NORAD's Santa Tracker. Now, how did NORAD's Santa Tracker uh, come about? Well, it was born from a misprint in the newspaper. In 1955, a Sears ad was supposed to print the number of a store where children could call and tell Santa what they wanted for Christmas. The number printed was a hotline of, to the Director of Operations for the U.S. Continental Air Defense. Uh, the colonel ordered his staff to give children updates on the flight coordinates of Santa. It was a tradition that began 
and continues until this day. NORAD, that's the North American Aerospace Defence Command, uh, continues to provide flight updates on local news on the internet and even a special iPhone application every single every single Christmas and all because of a Sears ad. Apparently commercialisation has really uh, impacted uh, Christmas in a really big way. Uh, then of course I, I, I discovered that Coca-Cola was in fact the first company that used Santa Claus during the winter season for promotion. Here it's the, the, the commercialisation is really starting to, starting to roll. Uh, the Japanese actually spend their Christmas Eve eating in KFCs. This is a popular tradition in Japan, so much that customers have to book their seats two months in advance. Wow, I mean, hey, you know, maybe KFC would be a good way to occupy your uh, uh, your Christmas Eve, uh, Eric. That's it. And then, uh, then finally, Christmas might be a public holiday. However, it's not a biblical holy day. The Bible actually doesn't say anywhere to keep Christmas as a holy day. And yet somehow we have all these traditions that have come into this, this particular day. You know, as I, as I look at that, I'm just so conscious that, you know, it really is the coming of Jesus Christ is actually been so significant in our world. In fact, Eric, you know, one of the things that jumps out at me is that we actually date our calendar from the coming of Jesus. You know, this is 2020. Why 2020? Well, 2020 years uh, since the coming of Jesus Christ. Uh, I accept, uh, you know, Christmas, okay, it's, it, it's not taught in the Bible, yet it's the time of the year when many thoughts are directed to the meaning of this of this particular season it's is it better to acknowledge christ or santa at this time of the year you know eric that really takes us back to our question for today is it is it jesus better than santa which is it best to acknowledge well it's an interesting topic isn't it and playing those uh, ca- christmas carols you know it takes you back to when you're at school and recess, you know, and you're standing in the line, got all those holidays ahead and all the excitement. I remember those carols being played in assembly and yeah. just ready to go and uh, the excitement yeah. of Christmas. Yeah. But really, you know, um, I said to my a little uh, granddaughter the other day, I said, what's Santa bringing this year? And she said, oh, that's mum and dad. Don't give me that. <laughs> so I hope nobody's listening. It's <laughs> getting this. But listen, just to start with, before we have a couple of texts, Jesus versus Santa. You know, they reckon that Santa lives at the North Pole. Well, Jesus is everywhere. Yeah. Santa rides a sled in a sledge. Jesus rides on the wind and walks on the water. Wow. Santa comes but once a year. Jesus is an ever-present help. So mm. these are the differences, you see, we've got to remember. Uh, Jesus supplies all your needs. Uh, Santa fills your stockings with goodies, you know. Yeah. Santa comes down your chimney uninvited, but Jesus stands at your door and knocks, and then enters your heart when you invite him. Yeah, you have to wait in line to see Santa. Jesus is so close as the mention of his name. Isn't that powerful? That's very powerful. Mm. That's very powerful. Jesus lets you sit on his lap, but Jesus lets you rest in his arms. Mm. These are these are <laughs> these are quite differences. Uh, Jesus uh, doesn't know your name. All he can say is, "Hi, little boy or girl." What's your name? Jesus knew your name before you were born. Mm. Isn't that lovely? And another one is all Jesus can offer is ho, ho, ho. (laughs) Jesus offers health, help, and hope. 
Those wow. three H's. Wow. And just a couple more. Santa says, you better not cry. And Jesus says, cast all your cares on me, for I care for you. Yeah. And so Santa's little helpers make toys. Jesus makes new life, mends wounded hearts, repairs broken homes, and builds mansions. Mm. Santa may make you chuckle, but Jesus gives you joy that is your strength. And just a couple more. While Santa puts gifts under your tree, Jesus became our gift and died on the cross. Mm. And lastly, we need to put Christ back into Christmas. Jesus is the reason for the season. Wow. Yeah, that that is so powerful. I've never actually seen that before. I'd love to get a copy of that one, Eric, because I think it's something that we can all learn so much from. And, you know, one of the beautiful things that I find myself is that Sandra, of course, is a mythological character. Even our children, even your, your granddaughter was able to pick up that Santa is actually not real. But, you know, one of the beautiful things to me is that if we go back into history, what we find is that Jesus Christ is actually a being who is who is very, very real. You know, when he came, you know, we look at all the historians of the time are able to write about Jesus Christ as being a real person, as being a worker of miracles, of being a person who touched people's lives and changed people's lives. We're not talking about mythology here. We're talking about a real person who really did live and who has uh, promised... uh, Amazing things mm. to us today. Well, there's more evidence, isn't there? It's probably mentioned on your program before. There's more evidence that Jesus existed than Napoleon. Yeah. What's been written about Jesus, more about him than yeah. Napoleon and what yeah. they found. So, you know, there's a couple of texts to start with that are interesting. Of course, Jesus' birth was foretold in Isaiah because it's in Isaiah 7:14. It says, "The Lord Himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin will conceive and bear a son, and she will call his name Emmanuel." It's interesting that in Matthew, uh, in Matthew uh, verse 18, it says, Now the origin of Jesus Christ was in this way. His mother Mary, after she had been engaged to Joseph before they came together, was found to be the child of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And this yeah. of the Holy Spirit is so important because here we see the tying of human life through Mary with the Spirit. And some people... Um, find it very hard to understand how Jesus could be born uh, the way he was uh, as a son of God, but also uh, in the human way. It's a big mystery. But here we can see the two connecting here. This is actually the subject that we're going to be dealing with in our full program tomorrow. We've actually got Pastor David Butcher coming in, and the issue that we're actually going to be digging up, that we're going to be looking at tomorrow, is uh, is this issue of, is a virgin birth possible? Because there are so many who who, who doubt uh, the reality of that miracle. But tomorrow we're going to be looking at the miraculous, and particularly this uh, this miracle. And how should how could we respond uh, to the claim that hey, uh, this is not possible? Mm. Well, it's uh, it's amazing that you know the word for Jesus, Jesus' name, actually means that he he will save. It means that uh, it's saving people. Uh, and the word Emmanuel, Emmanuel is translated in the Greek as God is with us. Yeah. So it actually means his name, just his name, is that he, he came to save, but also not only that, he dwells with us and in us. So not only did he dwell on the earth, 
uh, born in that miraculous way, uh, but he actually can be with us now, live in us. Yeah, and that's so yeah. important. Those two issues. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I really appreciate what you're actually saying there because you know there is actually I, I, as I go back to, for example, the book of uh, uh, the book of Isaiah, and uh, there's a beautiful passage here. In it's actually Isaiah chapter uh, chapter six. I um, I think uh, uh, I think it is. Uh, let's have a have a look here. Um, no, I just. Uh, I've just lost it at the present time. Don't you hate it when you lose it? Is it Isaiah 9? Uh, Isaiah 9. Um, yes, I think you are right there. Sorry, I had Isaiah uh, 6. Here we go. Isaiah chapter 9, and uh, uh, and we go from about verse, uh, verse 5, because here it tells us, about why, and of course, this is a passage that Jesus actually quoted in the synagogue one morning. Mm. For unto us a child is born. Unto us, and this is one of the great prophecies of the coming of Jesus Christ. Unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Do you know, Eric, I, I suppose I'm conscious that there are so many, I don't know how you found it in your ministry, but you know, wonderful counselor. You know, there are there are so many who who are asking, "Hey, what's the direction? Where you know, where can I actually go? You know, mighty God, I've got nothing. I've got nobody to worship. I, you know, worship is something that's foreign to me. And yet here, Jesus Christ comes saying, "Hey, you know, I am the mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace." There are so many that if they could possibly have a gift, you know, choose any gift this uh, this Christmas season, and you said, "Hey, I'm going to give you peace." How would they respond? Mm, that's right. Uh, yeah, well, the, and the big thing too is why did Jesus uh, come to earth? I mean, why did he have to come? Why, it wouldn't have been far easier uh, for things to just take place and then the cleansing of the earth. Why did Jesus have to come? Why is his birth so important? That, yeah. That's the big issue here. And when you think about it, you know, um, there are times in the Bible when God could have caused a miracle, but he got the people to do something like the man who was blind. He got him to put mud in his eye, yeah. spit in his eye, and then go and bathe in the water. Why? He could have just, but it's actually working with God. And I believe that Jesus came to this earth. He actually walked amongst men and, and showed the word. He, he was the living word, if you like. We can read it here, yeah. but then he brought it to life. Yes. Now, yes. the thing is, we can read something out of the Bible, and I, I read it and I, I, I take the point, but unless you actually see it happening, then you say, I understand the Scripture. You know, over years, like you, Gary, I read a text, and you go through life, and then you suddenly get somebody else preaches something about it, and you gain more insight into it. I remember this was took place one time. I had a friend of mine who had an anger management problem, and he would uh, he would actually beat his wife up quite a mm-hmm. bit. And he mm-hmm. went, and he only went to the um, uh, to this anger management course because the court directed him, yeah. not because yeah. he wanted to. Yeah. He was quite an angry man. He went there, and they had ro- um, play role models, and and they got this guy up there, and they said, "Well, have you?" And he picked me to go up there as his wife <laughs> to recorrect <laughs> this out. And they actually said, this is what happened. And apparently they were playing squash together. So they gave they were pretending to play squash. And then his wife started to beat him. And he got angrier and angrier. And in the end, he lost his temper. And he got me in a headlock. And he sort of jumped up and down a bit on my neck and said, this is what I did to my wife. You know? Mm. And when it was reenacted, he could see it. Yeah, yeah. Before he... he he couldn't see it. 
Yeah. But when it was acted out in front of him, so what Jesus did, he actually came and showed us how to live the word. Yeah, yeah. And that is so powerful. When he went to those that were downtrodden and those he spent time with, he opened up the eyes of the people around them. But the Pharisees and some of the learned people in the Christian church still didn't understand it because this isn't what who they thought God would be. They thought that God would be a great king and uh, would wipe out the Roman Empire. Mm. But he came and walked amongst the people. And, you know, the commandments, everything that he gave and did showed the living word, the spirit of the word. Yeah, because yeah. we can have we can read this, but we don't get the. Sometimes, you know, you don't really take in the spirit of the word. Yeah, and, and that's so important, isn't it? Because the spirit is actually the one who originally inspired the word. But it's when the we read the word and the Holy Spirit impacts our minds and touches our hearts that a change actually takes place. Because it, the thing that I love, and I've seen this in the lives of so many people, I think of a of a drug addicted guy one time that you know I I still stand in awe at what I saw. Which one of our church members. That actually said to me, they said, Pastor, you've got to go and visit this this fellow. Now, I, I went to visit him, and I've got to admit, when I when I arrived, I wasn't too hopeful. He was living in a men's shelter, and it was very obvious that he was uh, under the influence of dope. Uh, it could be smelt every uh, everywhere. And uh, I, I ver- I've learned that I, you really can't do a great deal when a person is is heavily under uh, under the influence. And I, um, I, I actually backed off, and I, I said, Well, look, I'll come and. Another day. Well, a week passed, two weeks, three weeks passed, and I never did actually get back there. And you know, the the remarkable thing, however, was that our church member um, did actually go around and visit him. And the next time I saw him, because she actually invited him along to church, hmm. and the next time I saw him, I walked in the church and I did a double take uh, because I looked at the front, I looked at the singing group up the front, and he was this man in his right mind. He had the most wonderful voice, and he was singing praises to God. Wow. You see, through the ministry yeah. of one of our church members, not through my ministry, but through one of the, our church members, he had actually given his heart to Jesus Christ, and and a remarkable change had actually come through him it was as though the power of the Holy Spirit was able to do that which he wasn't able to do for himself and that's an amazing, a beautiful gift for any individual and you know, to me I'm just so conscious that you know, when I read you know, unto us a child is born a son is given, unto us the Father gives a son he gives a gift to uh, to us, and the government it's are going to be upon his shoulder. His name will be called Wonderful Counts. How much we need that. How many our folks in our community need that, that wonderful counsellor. How much they need the Prince of Peace. Uh, you know, this Christmas season, I, I just hope that people's minds are actually moved away from the commercialization and they come to this, you know, to, to see the spiritual significance of what Christmas could be. Um, if we were to allow it to be that. I think if you, you took these words and put them on the back of a bus and put them on billboards all around, I think that this would bring a great difference into the world. I, I, I agree I agree with you totally. I think it would really be it would be a remark and make a remarkable change. But look, let's just come to come to a song because I'm conscious there time is starting to run away from us. Sure. I love this particular song. This is Johnny Cash. There was a man. Here was a man, a man who was born.
born in a small village, the son of a peasant woman. He grew up in another small village. Until he reached the age of 30, he worked as a carpenter. Then for three years, he was a traveling minister. But he never traveled more than 200 miles from where he was born, and where he did go, he usually walked. He never held political office, he never wrote a book, never bought a home, never had a family, he never went to college, and he never set foot inside a big city. Yes, here was a man, though he never did one of the things usually associated with greatness. He had no credentials but himself. He had nothing to do with this world except through the divine purpose that brought him to this world. While he was still a young man, the tide of popular opinion turned against him. Most of his friends ran away. One of them denied him. One of them betrayed him and turned him over to his enemies. Then he went through the mockery of a trial and was nailed to a cross between two thieves. And even while he was dying, his executioners gambled for the only piece of property that he had in this world, and that was his robe, his purple robe. When he was dead, he was taken down from the cross and laid in a borrowed grave provided by compassionate friends. More than 19 centuries have come and gone, and today he's a centerpiece of the human race, our leader in the column to human destiny. I think I'm well within the mark when I say that all of the armies that ever marched, all of the navies that ever sailed the seas, all of the legislative bodies that ever sat, and all of the kings that ever reigned, all of them put together, have not affected the life of man on this earth so powerfully as that one solitary life. Here was a man. That was uh, Johnny Cash. There was a man. Uh, what a, what beautiful thoughts uh, are in uh, in that uh, that narration. Uh, right now, we're uh, we're offering to you a, a free book uh, for the season. Uh, the book's entitled "Discover Jesus: Stories of His Life, His Teachings, and His First Followers." This is a really beautiful book. I believe it's a book that will uh, touch your heart and mind. It's a book that uh, you'll love to start the new year off. Discover Jesus: Stories of His Life, His Teachings, and His First Followers. If you'd like a copy of that book, just write "Discover Jesus." Put your name and your address, and just text that to o four three eight. Zero double six six three five. That's O four three eight. Zero double six six three five. That's Discover Jesus. Your name and your address, and we'll have that book uh, on on its way to you uh, at the uh, first available uh, opportunity. Uh, you're listening to Faith FM Drive Time Big Q and A with Pastor Gary. Our co-host today is Eric Hoare, and Eric's the part-time pastor of the Adelaide Aboriginal Seventh Day Adventist Church. This week we're looking at Christmas in a post-Christian world, and the big question for today is Jesus better than Santa. 
Uh, Eric, uh, bring it bring it all together for us because our time is starting to starting to move away. Okay. Is Jesus better than Santa? Well, sorry, Santa. No contest. Here. No contest. No contest. <laughs> you know, Jesus gives better gifts. You know, Jesus has got you beat in the gift department, Santa. Totally. Santa gives gifts that wear out and get old. Jesus gives us gifts that last forever. And what is Jesus' gifts? Well, they include eternal life. They include healing and peace, love and joy, to name a few. These gifts don't wear out. They don't get old or need a gift receipt. You don't want to take this gift back, that like the lines at Kmart yeah. or Big W. The gifts that Jesus gives changes our lives. What better gifts can we have? And getting on Jesus' nice list, well, it's easier than getting on Santa's. Santa's nice list is all about the things you do. It's about being a nice person and doing good things. If you do good enough things, you'll be placed on Santa's nice list and get presents. Well, Jesus does things differently. To get on Jesus' nice list, you don't have to work hard and do good things. You simply have to believe in Jesus and confess him as your Lord. For by grace you are saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. And lastly, Jesus is what Christmas is all about. Sorry, Santa, you are cool and your red suit is awesome, but Christmas is all about Jesus. This holiday is all about celebrating our Saviour who came to the earth as a baby. His teachings, his life, and his sacrifice on the cross brought us salvation. Santa, sorry, but he's not the reason we celebrate. Jesus is the reason we celebrate Christmas. Yeah, yeah, that that's so powerful because increasingly, you know, Christmas, uh, Jesus has been getting taken out yeah. of this particular yeah. this particular season. Mm. Uh, you know, as I sort of read the um, uh, the early. Uh, chapters of the book of Matthew, what I find is that continually Matthew is seeing Jesus Christ in the Old Testament. It's Jesus Christ as being the fulfillment of prophecy. You know, I love, you know, Matthew one twenty two. Uh, all this that was done, that it might be fulfilled that which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin will be with child. He will bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated, God with us. What a beautiful thought. We have a God, the Father, who actually gave his son. And of course, that's what um, uh, what uh, John 3.16 says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. You know, we have got so much in, in the scriptures here where we've got a God who actually gave and uh, as I look at it, I just simply say, hey, I, I stand in awe of what God has done. Um, and to me, I, I don't want us, to, I want us to elevate this season. I don't want us to depreciate this season. It's so easy to make this season a season of commercialized interest. And yet what we have here is a season where I think uh, as Christians, we're called to actually elevate the meaning of the Christmas season. If everybody stopped at Christmas time and just just accepted Jesus, what a different world we will live in. Uh, as he changes us, what better people we become, what joy and hope and happiness we have. The funny thing is, Gary, is that people long for Christmas to come and then it's, oh, it's only here briefly and then it's gone again. But in a Christian life, having Jesus in your life, you have that continuous joy. Yeah. So it's yeah. not just uh, everybody aims for that one day. And then yeah. bang, it's gone, and then they've got to pay the bills later. And, and that's the reality, you know, with Christmas and Santa, it's so much, it's hard work for so many coming up 
to the Christmas season. It's, mm. you know, by the time they've bought presents and they've prepared for the family, they've cleaned up after the family, yeah. and then they've had maybe a five or six hours with the, with the family, but then the next day they're back into the shops again, and it's Christmas is over for, a, for another year. And those joy of presents for the family, they die away, you know, the excitement's gone. Yeah. But in a Christian's life, to accept Christ, that carries on, that joy carries on. It's with us every yeah, day. Yeah. That's what it means. Christ is with us. And that's the difference in the season. And I pray that, you know, that more of the world will accept Jesus as their Savior, to have that joy that carries you through the whole year. Uh, people are, are so depressed these days, and, you know, that you see them in the shops and the kids are tired and they run around looking for presents. And you wait. You wait. Even now, I see it. Uh, Kmart. They're already taking presents back that yeah, they probably yeah, given, yeah. and all that sort of thing. The hustle and bustle. If only they would take time and just listen to what the word says. Yeah. The yeah. birth of Jesus yeah, will change yeah. their lives. No, that that is actually so so incredibly powerful. What you're saying, Eric. Look, it has come time for us to be able to. You know, we, we do need to finish. But look, Eric, I'm just wondering, <clears throat> would you just like to pray uh, for our for our listeners that indeed what they might um, that, that they might come to have a, a real spiritual blessing this Christmas season. Sure. Thanks. Our dear Heavenly Father, Lord, today we just want to thank you for Jesus. We thank you for his wonderful life. We thank you for him who came to, onto this earth to show us how to live and how to love and how to show mercy and grace to all that he met. And today, Lord, as we're nearing Christmas, Christmas is just round the corner and the children are excited and the parents are shopping and Lord, we just pray that at this time of the year that people will turn their minds unto him. The little babe in the manger who meant so much to the mm. world, who came, as it said, with the weight of the government on his shoulders, a gift from heaven, the greatest gift of all. And we pray, Lord, that we'll accept that gift, each one of us today, that as we accept that gift, Lord, we will give more of ourselves because Jesus gave himself for us and gave his life for us. So I pray, Lord, that if there's anybody here today listening, Lord, that they will accept you, that they will open up the scriptures, that they will study and look at archaeology and just line everything up and realize that this indeed is a great God who saves us and is with us. Mm. So bless each one now, Lord. May everyone have a wonderful Christmas and a happy new year, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, folks, it does look like our time's up for today. Thanks so much for joining Pastor Gary and Eric Hoare on Drive Time B&A. Please join us tomorrow when we ask, is a virgin birth really possible? Really look forward to seeing you. But until then, please remember Christ said, I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart, and the peace I give isn't like the peace that the world gives. So don't be troubled or afraid. May our God richly bless you. Please have a wonderful and blessed Christmas. Please enjoy oh, the Bethlehem Children's Chorus, O oh, Little Town of Bethlehem. <laughs> 